2: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the day after Fat Tuesday, right here on Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host. Yes, that is. And also with me from the land of the white, whiteness, whiteness is the blind bombshell herself, and Kerrigan.
3: Well, good evening, everybody. Yeah, we got a little bit of that white stuff. Yep. Just a little bit. <laughs> it's
2: all about the snow, about the snow.
3: Yeah, don't go there.
2: <laughs> in so many don't different even, ways,
3: right? <laughs> don't even go there. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, I, I, yes, we are we are in the great white north for very sure, and uh, I'm just afraid of when it all melts, but hopefully it'll melt slowly. <laughs> One won't wash out to sea. I, I understand rain for uh,
2: this weekend, so snow turning mm. nothing.
3: Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, we'll we'll see what happens, won't we? <laughs> yeah. There you Get a you paddle. Go. Half <laughs> the a time they're wrong anyway. Yeah. This is true. This is true. Yeah.
2: You know. True. So. Well,
3: hey, Happy Ash Wednesday for those who partake. Yeah. There you go. Ash Wednesday, the day after Fat Tuesday. Yep. Why do they call it Fat Tuesday?
2: Because it's the last time you stuff yourself before that.
3: Ah, okay.
2: I'm just saying.
3: <laughs> I don't think that's right. I don't know. But you, I'll believe it. It isn't? <laughs> I can't, actually. So I'll have to take it as the truth.
2: So. so anyways, I'm thinking we should do this song. I I've, I've been rewriting the words all about the bass so and we can make it all about the graves. And we'll do this live oh. s- song on uh, the the uh the video show we do. What do you think?
3: Sure. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll You'd do that. that.
2: You would do that?
3: Oh, absolutely. Oh, we're just so
2: crazy on this video, I just I don't believe it. <laughs>
3: So now, everybody listen up, because uh, I don't know if uh, everybody caught it, but we have Ghost Chronicles Next Generation has a new YouTube channel, Um, and I've started posting our shows up there. I've got our most recent show, number 16, with Roxy Zwicker, graveyard authority and author and cool person. Uh, So just put that up this week. So anybody looking? Just hop on over to uh, YouTube and look for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, and there's a couple of other little thingies there. and There you go. Oh, that's I'm cool! Excited. And
2: uh, you know, who knows? We may just do something just for that channel.
3: There you go. Oh yeah, so, we could some, have special stuff up there. Yeah, some never before seen.
2: Right, never before. <laughs> so uh, we did that. We did the uh, parody of. Uh, Downton Abbey, which I absolutely love and a lot of people love. They just uh, – I know Jen loves it. That's <laughs> awesome. It, it's, it's, it was came out really good, so I was happy about that.
3: Excellent. Excellent. Well, we'll have all kinds of new good stuff coming, so.
2: Yep. And there you go. Next – and speaking of live shows, next week is the live show.
3: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Looking and, forward to
2: it. And we will have Leslie Madden uh, – on the medium,
3: psychic medium, medium is, rare.
2: That's her book. Psychic medium? Is she psychic medium?
3: I don't know. Is she? I don't know. <laughs> I'm she's sure work, she is.
2: She's actually working with me on uh, a new study group that I started, uh, a sped off of uh, my paranormal study group, and that's the red light seance. And we're, each month we conduct a red light seance at BZ. And uh, we record it, and we're trying different things, and hopefully to move into physical meaningship, which will be awesome.
3: That's cool. Lots of
2: fun. So, anyways, uh, we we have a guest on today, I I believe. I
3: hope Uh, so. (laughs) Because we're so exciting tonight. Uh Uh-oh. Mm -hmm. What?
2: Uh Uh-oh what? Maybe we don't have a guest on.
3: Don't say "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. It could happen. Our listeners do not want to hear "Uh uh-oh. Really? Yeah. Anyway, so
2: uh, last night, I mean, yesterday on uh, Ghost Chronicles uh, International, Steve Paz and myself, we had um, a, a gentleman by the name of Richard Salva who wrote uh several books, uh and one of them was about the Abraham Lincoln as reincarnated uh as Lindbergh, uh which was interesting uh thought. Really? Yeah.
3: That's very interesting.
2: And uh it it's actually pretty cool because they had uh you know in his book he had like all different comparisons of uh, you know like uh you know, Lindbergh did this and 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 um Lincoln did this and and in the, the and it was pretty cool. It was pretty neat, uh, whether you believe it or not, it was still pretty neat. Mm. But
3: what would lead it, him to but, believe that he was reincarnated as uh Lindbergh?
2: Well he he's a um I guess he's 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 really into his physical. He's a uh, you know uh, studied on the uh, Swami Yoga or whatever it is. I can't figure him out. But uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, he he studied them for quite a while. And I mean he's got a book out. Uh, the original book. I I had him on a show years and years ago. And of course yesterday uh, Monday was President's Day, so that's why we decided to talk about Lincoln and and uh, we had him on then. Um, but. The interesting thing is, uh, you know, Steve Parson is like, I don't know, I don't know. He's like, you know, kid. but the guy, guy, you know, if you look at the book, he's, he takes a lot of comparisons and he really makes them very close. But anyway, mm-hmm. I think it was a cool dude anyway. So, you know, do you, do you know he was the only president that was a licensed bartender?
3: A wife who was a bartender?
2: No, no, no. He is the only president who was a licensed Bartender.
3: Oh, he? He was? No, I didn't know that.
2: Abraham Lincoln, yes. That's In fact, right. he, owned, well, uh, he owned a bar called uh, Lincoln and Bailey's.
3: No kidding. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it should be, we should make that a drink. <laughs> Lincoln and Bailey's, get it?
2: <laughs> Lincoln, like, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs>
3: uh, No, that is interesting. Wasn't he kind of a jack of of all trades, though? I mean, he did a lot of things, didn't he?
2: He did. He did. In fact, uh, he, uh, hmm, National Wine Day. What? (laughs) Irina Irina actually has something to tell us, so she should come on the air and tell us while we're chit-chatting here. So, Karina, if you want to uh, jump yes, in,
3: yes, yes, yes. Well, today is National Wine Day, so uh-huh. we should all have a well, glass I, of wine. That's great.
2: Yeah, you <laughs> can. you can be like in and wine all the time.
3: ha 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 I am doing my part by having my lovely glass of red wine this evening. Plus, it's good for your heart, you know. It is. Absolutely, it, it is. I heard that it is. Wonder- it cleans out cleans out those cleans out those arteries, right? Yes.
4: I heard that one glass of red wine is like it equals to the amount of
3: um an hour at the gym or something like that. Really? Oh hell that works for me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't I, I I wouldn't put that uh to uh yeah, I wouldn't like get that in stone. <laughs> Uh, hey,
3: whatever. Just tap if Karina on. says it's so, <laughs> then it's so. So,
2: so. so, Karina, you have some news about our guest?
3: Oh yes. Um so sorry, but something has um, come up, so she's going to have to contact you again. Another. Oh couple. boy. I'm sorry. So congratulations, boys and girls. You're going to listen to me and Ron BS our way through the next hour. Wait a minute. No, <laughs> no. Wait a minute. We're
2: not. We don't have to give it up because I see Steven Scott is in the chat room. If we can. Con him into actually, you know, bet your little eyes, maybe you can. uh, Oh,
3: are you kidding? (laughs) He's probably like in his jammies, like falling asleep. Hello,
2: (laughs) it's it's not it's not uh, video; it's audio.
3: Well, I know, but it's the middle of the night. There, he's gonna he's gonna wake Vari up. Well, 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 well. Well, I'm just saying. People are crying. (laughs) And good Lord. Well he's gonna call I actually call have, us from
2: I have no scruples at all, so uh you know, there you go.
3: All right, well we'll we'll uh we'll uh, no stress. Y'all can <laughs> do this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm your cheerleader.
2: So I mean we could get Pan
3: Otten back on. Oh good Lord, no <laughs> Oh Steven says Steven says fire is up. <laughs> all right, call us, brother. Come
2: on. So anyway, do you remember Pam Arten? Pam Orton uh she used to do the whole show by herself. Pamela Orton, yes. Do you remember that, Karina? Yes,
3: yes she she yes, um
4: yes, yes, I do. I remember
3: it. Yeah, she did she did the whole hour. I was around. I used to listen to her at the tail as we were getting ready for our show. I I I found that simply
2: amazing. I mean, I would be so bored with myself that uh, yeah, I
3: think I'd be bonkers. Like yeah, yeah talking to of- myself right
2: now. But anyways, uh, one thing I did want to mention is that um, you know the Japanese were over here not too long ago, which was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And we and we took them out in this investigation, and the first time we we used these uh, clay Rucker uh, tech manager had... Uh, purchased these proximity uh, alerts and these mm-hmm. uh, EMF traps, and we set them up in different rooms. Yep. And, of course, we had cameras on the on the DVR, so we watched them. But it was really interesting because they would go off when no one was even in that part of the building at all. Nice. And there were sometimes that they would go off, like, in one room and then go into another room, and then we had a camera not too far from – where we were, and then that would go all staticky, and strange lights would appear. So it was, it was kind of interesting, to tell you the truth.
3: That sounds awesome.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, it, was it was different.
3: I miss all the fun. Well, but I guess for being sick.
2: You did you did have the uh, invite? Oh, I, I want I see Karen from Washington. I want to uh, give her a shout out. Karen. Yeah, yeah. She's
3: oh, she's on uh, school break, so she can listen.
2: It's <laughs> yeah, snow there. That's just uh, you know. Washington doesn't have snow, does it? I
3: don't know. They must. Doesn't everybody have snow, like except Florida and even even they're probably getting a little bit. I'm told northern Florida. Really? Hmm. Hmm. I doubt that. Yeah. Well. What's going to happen? Told four, four alligators. <laughs> <the> four alligators. <laughs> hey, so someone would um, like to say hello. Go ahead, person. Oh.
1: Hello. Oh.
3: Hey.
2: Hey. He's Hi. there. He's, wait a minute. He's got an accent. Uh, it, it doesn't sound like Steve uh, Parsons. So,
1: oh, it must be Richard Felix. That's right. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't do a Richard Felix impersonation. Yeah, no kidding, not with that <laughs> accent. <laughs> no, I, no, we give the That's
3: game That's all away. right. We like yours better, Stephen.
1: <laughs> there you go.
3: So, well, it's great Scott. to hear your voice.
1: Yeah. Join, How are you guys? Oh, sorry, Hi. Ron. Hi. That's fine. Joining us now
2: is Stephen Scott from Scotland, and he is a spiritualist medium, and welcome Again, Stephen, and thanks yeah. for that.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. I wasn't expecting it. Uh, <laughs> a bit of a shock, really.
3: <laughs> and what time of the evening uh, morning is it there?
1: It's a quarter past midnight, but mm. that's okay. I'm a night owl, as you know. Well, God bless you. <laughs> so I have, to
2: te- I have to tell you an interesting story is that uh, I had this event last night at Circles of Wisdom. It was a paranormal study group. It was an, an intro uh, group. I had a whole bunch of new people come in uh, to, to – it was like a free event, too, so which was even better. And they all came there, and Stephen uh, Parsons stayed up uh, from the U.K. to talk to the crowd and do a, a, a experiment with us. So I get him on Skype's. And what happens? The fire alarm in the building goes off. Oh no! So he stayed up too late, and then the fire alarm in the building goes off. So we have to evacuate, and there's no fire, but they can't shut the alarms off. So for an hour and a half, uh, nothing happens, and eventually we just <laughs> we just broke <laughs> up and said, uh, "Let's forget it." <laughs> oh dear! So I thought it was paranormal myself. <laughs> So, Stephen, while I was there, I ran into this woman who I hope to have on the show, and she works with uh, crystals. Do you, do you do anything with crystals at all?
1: I, I don't, Ron, uh, but uh, my wife knows an awful lot about crystals. Uh, they're, they're, they're not something that I work with mm-hmm. specifically. I actually find um, I, I tend to get a sore head, uh, a headache, and occasional issues if I'm around crystals too much. Really? Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah Uh, I don't know if there's anything Or anything, you know uh, You know, super normal about that Or if it's just Something to do with them But certainly I find I actually don't have crystals anywhere near me When I'm working Uh, Wow I'm probably just insane I probably just don't (laughs) like rocks
2: Wait a minute, wait a minute Uh, How could you do meetings at circles of wisdom?
1: Eh, aspirin (laughs) (laughs) I I did actually take a couple of headache tablets uh, on the second day because I did have a little bit of a headache, it wasn't too bad because I wasn't directly in front of the crystals Mm -hmm. but um, there was a geode there that got turned against the wall Um, the folk in the next room probably got some great healing that day because every crystal (laughs) was turned away from me and towards the wall it's it's just a personal preference Um, I personally I'm not Comfortable working around crystals. It's just—it's just one of my quirks. I think.
2: Um, Is it all crystals or, or particular crystals in in that you uh, affect you? I,
1: I'm not actually sure. Um, I remember many years ago when I studied shiatsu, we used to use crystals within the room. Uh, mostly things like calcite, uh, hematite, these types of rocks and things like this. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, there's there's a kind of... I I find myself... I think it's such a massive field that understanding what each crystal does and what it's good for and all the properties associated with it, I do believe it works. Uh, It's just, I think, in order to get to grips with it you really need to dedicate yourself to it and I, I hate being a dabbler I hate you know mm. just dipping my toe in you, you, into something I, I, if I get involved in it I would ha- I would be six years down the line I'd have a master's degree in geology or something I'd throw myself <laughs> at it completely and ruin years of my life pursuing rocks uh, I just get a bit obsessive when it comes to things like that so I, I try and avoid it completely
2: yeah mm. It's funny because, you know, as part of my degree in in, uh, environmental science, I actually had to study geology and earth materials, by the way, which is another facet of it. Uh, So I I know a little bit about everything, so that's kind of good. And what I don't know I can make up, you know, so that's pretty
3: good. Fine, Mr. Smarty Pants. Gee. (laughs) Know a little bit about everything, huh? In fact, when I uh,
2: when I started uh, my company Exit, it was called, believe it or not, EXIT, which stands for Environmental Experimentation Investigation and Technical Assistance. Uh, oh my God, <laughs> we designed different environmental uh, modules for uh, schools for teaching, and uh, we did have uh, several rock collections in it. Uh, different rock collections, along with the Moles-Hardness collection. Well, this is... Okay, never mind. I should... Shut up. Okay.
1: <laughs> no, it's really cool. I mean, you could say Geology Rocks. No. No, They're ah, ah, hurt. huh? <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, they In out. the
3: middle of the night, we got to the, give, the uh, give the guy a break, right? <laughs>
2: So, anyways, what's, what is the weather like there in Scotland? I mean, we, we have like 600 feet of snow. I, I was just wondering <laughs> what you had out there. Uh,
1: the, we have a very Scottish word for the weather here right now, Ron, and the word is drich. Drich? basically drich. Drich? D R E I C H, drich. And essentially, it's overcast, it's dull, it's wet. It's your 99% British weather all over again. Uh, uh. It's just it's slightly overcast. It's raining all the time. We did have uh, a snow panic a couple of weeks back. We had about... This is a snow panic in the UK. We had about <laughs> five millimeters, if we're lucky. If we're lucky. Uh, oh, it's like, and, that's uh,
3: like when it snowed in Virginia Beach
1: yeah, here, yeah. Yeah, everything closed down. <laughs> We were getting mm-hmm. emergency phone calls at work telling us to, you know, go home, run for your lives. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. We just can't <laughs> handle snow for some reason in the UK. <laughs> they go crazy. You know, they were stopping flights out of London for a couple of millimetres of snow, oh you know. God. The four horsemen of the apocalypse come in on sledges. <laughs> um, oh, it was, it's a joke, really. Uh, and then we see photographs of what you guys put up with and... You know, life goes on with the snow. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, a bunch of wussies over here. That's all I can I say. I think so.
3: <laughs> Jeez. thought they were supposed to be, like, stoic, you know, strong. <laughs> Wait, Joe, you know, every time they
2: have snow on the ground, they go paint their faces blue and go out there and deal with it.
1: <laughs> yeah. We don't have to, run with all those kilts on. The snow doesn't help. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: oh, that is
3: funny But mm. We should talk about something besides the weather Because, you Why? know What is it? Because there? Stephen has a great book out Can He does? Yes, he does Oh, yeah,
2: he does, that's right I do have a copy of that <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Which I've it's, read many times over
1: yeah, It's holding up your table in the living room <laughs>
2: Oh no, it's, it's it's a coaster on my bed.
1: <laughs> that's okay.
3: Nice. That's that's probably how he uses your book, Ron. So, hey. Yeah, there.
2: Anyways, <laughs> carry on. So,
3: yes, Stephen, you, you do have a book. Yes. He does. Tell us about your book. Thank you. Aaron. Well, uh,
1: well, it's a book that I wrote about. Working for Spirit uh, mm. a couple of years back now. I, I do have a second one bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but it's merely bouncing. Um, mm. But essentially, I found that as someone at the time when I was training uh, to be a platform medium, that there were plenty of books out there that said, you know, make the most of your psychic potential, you do this, you do that, and in two weeks' time, you'll be great, you'll be a medium. Uh, Mm -hmm. You you know, go buy some crystals, have a foamy bath Read this book and you'll be fine Uh, And what I found was Was that uh, a lot of these things were A lot of these books If you actually take away the people that write them A lot of them are very similar They just Mm -hmm. recover the same material And and repackage it in different ways Mm -hmm. What I couldn't find was a book That actually told me What this is about from the perspective mm-hmm. of someone who's actually doing it. So, one of the things I did uh, once I started working was to I wanted to put something down on paper that that told people it's not what you see on TV, it's not what you read in magazines. It can be, but it's not always mm-hmm. that there's more to being a medium than just going out and doing galleries uh, and you know workshops and all this kind of thing there's an awful lot of training there's an awful lot of uh, work goes into doing this and that it's Mm -hmm. important as you're doing that to never lose sight of what it's about because that's something I feel has been lost a little uh, is that everyone I mean in some places mediums are treated like celebrities and they shouldn't From my perspective, they shouldn't necessarily be treated like that because they're there Mm -hmm. to do a job for the spirit world, to bring people comfort and to give them that knowledge that their loved ones have only stopped within a physical sense. They're not actually alone, that their loved ones are still with them. And that's the ultimate message that comes through time after time after time. Mm -hmm. And it's important that that's what people keep within their mind whenever they go to actually think about doing this type of work. It's wow. about working for spirit. You you, you you, have a boss who's much bigger than you are, and mm-hmm. it, it's important that you give them the proper respect and you give the level of service that not just the people that come for help require, but also the, the people from spirit who come to you looking to get that message across. That level of respect needs to mm-hmm. be there for everyone involved.
3: Mm-hmm. We have a question to you, Stephen, in the chat room, Okay. and uh, John wants to know, what kind of medium are you? Um, are you like Maureen Wood?
1: Uh, I don't. I met Maureen briefly last year, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately uh, we didn't get much time to chat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't actually know what type of medium Maureen is exactly, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how, sorry? Mm-hmm. She's a
2: trans medium.
1: A trans medium. Okay. No, I'm not like a trans medium. Uh, I don't do trance work, as it is. That in itself is a very disciplined uh, aspect of mediumship. Whereby, if if you work in trance, then you you actually physically take almost all of yourself away and allow spirit to come through fully. Uh, I'm a I I I'm a platform medium, uh, also called a mental medium. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Be careful how you use the word mental. And I know exactly
2: essentially. exactly what you're talking about, don't worry about
1: it. Yeah, yeah, and it's. I, I'm not a physical medium, i.e., I don't do physical seance. I don't go into full trance. Oh, we're taking it's, a break. Absolutely. It's somewhere in the center where you work directly with the spirit contact to give those messages across.
3: an oasis in this hectic world. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Anne and our surprise guest, Stephen Scott. Hey there. (laughs) Hey, we're back. Sorry about that.
2: So, do you remember what you were saying, uh, Stephen?
1: Yes, (laughs) essentially that the, the... Platform medium, the mental medium, uh, who's not physical based and who's not trans based, um, is essentially making connections to the spirit world and relaying those to the recipient uh, as literally that intermediary, as a medium, you know, as in the information passes through a medium and, and onto something else. So that's essentially the, the, the main type of mediumship that, that I do. It's it is basically what you see if you. I, again, not associate myself with TV shows, but if you look on any of the TV shows that you see nowadays, it's essentially the same type of thing that you see. I don't mean uh, some of the you know, ghost hunting things where you see mediums. Uh, that's a totally different uh, a bag of spanners, as we say over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if that answers John's question, then great. Essentially, I, I'm a platform medium. Uh, and as you know, we've oh, we have worked together on things on now, and you've seen some of it. I oh,
2: yeah. mm-hmm. so have. Anyway, Stephen, I actually uh, have. Uh, well, Ann, this is more for Ann than you, Stephen. Is is you know that today is uh, National Wine Day, right?
3: Uh, <laughs> yes. This is so relevant to the conversation we were just having. Yes. Yeah, and, uh, well,
2: Steve is a psychic. He knew I was going to say that. So. Uh,
3: okay. Uh,
2: do you know it takes a ton of grapes to make uh, 60 cases of wine or 720 bottles? One bottle of wine contains 2.5, no, 2.8 pounds of grapes.
3: Okay. I would believe that. There you go. Thank you for that interesting bit of Trivia.
2: Yeah. It's not trivia. It's just facts.
3: Oh fact. Clinton. I will think of it next time I pop the cork on okay. my bottle of wine. Carry on. Thanks. <laughs> Jeez. Oh my God. Oh You know that a feminine a feminine
2: wine is a wine that is more delicate than most. And a masculine wine refers to big. Oh full wine. I
1: think okay. Ron's on Wikipedia.
3: I think no, no, I no. think so. I am not on
2: Wikipedia. I am on something much deeper.
3: Well, uh, you know I had I an
2: operation, if... the drugs are awesome.
3: <laughs> I you know, Stephen was nice enough to come on our show tonight last minute. Yeah. I think, you know, we could maybe talk about him. I thought he might want to know about wine, though. You think so?
2: Maybe think not. So? Okay, carry on. I'm
1: Scottish, Ron. We only need to know one thing about wine. It's how quickly it works. Uh-huh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, carry on.
3: Carry on? Okay. All right. So, Stephen. Yes? When did you start realizing that you were you were, you know... A medium that you had this, it was like a, a, you know, like a calling. It just kind of, how did, how did this happen?
1: Uh, It essentially came around, uh, I was in my local spiritualist church once. And uh, it wasn't something that I actually believed in, really, at all. Mm -hmm. And there was one time when uh, I went along to a spiritualist church and actually I'll go slightly further back than that I was once told at a private sitting that I had and I'm going to use the term ability here and I'll explain that in a second that mm-hmm. I, I had that ability to tune in to spirit now this is not something that is a gift, I don't believe that people have the gift of mediumship everyone has mediumship ability, but the gift is mediumship if you understand, Mm -hmm. is that it's... The gift is, you know, people aren't gifted who are mediums. Uh, However, mediumship itself is the gift that we are given from spirit to be able to Mm -hmm. communicate and to connect with the spirit within with those who've passed. And for my own personal development, it occurred uh, through various... I can see the stages where it all kicked in. As a young child, yeah, I was maybe a little bit... Empathic. I was able to tell when people had had an argument. You could walk into a room and I would know if my parents had fallen out. You know, that type of thing that children are generally very good at. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, I think over the years I've, I've just learned not to let go of that the same way that a lot of people do. And I think that's one of the biggest barriers to mediumship is that as people get older, you get indoctrinated. You know, don't hold your knife and fork that way, hold it this way, don't write with that hand, write with this hand. You know, Mm -hmm. don't think for yourself, stop and do exactly what we're telling you, you know, and things like that. I've always been a little bit of a rebel, you know, a rebel without a clue Um, (laughs) when it it comes to it uh, in certain aspects. So for me it started to develop through keeping that empathy going then on top of that learning to discipline myself and that discipline for me came through martial arts Uh, through that I started to develop meditation skills that got me closer in touch with the spirit within myself Mm -hmm. that then tuned me in a little bit better through the martial arts I then studied healing arts like shiatsu Uh, I also investigated things like reiki and all this and that Mm -hmm. then played further into that level of development because as well as learning to discipline myself I was learning compassion for others through the art of healing then on top Ah. of that with what was already in place uh, there was a time I visited a local spiritualist church and I suddenly just felt this amazing empathy for the process that was happening there Mm -hmm. and that tied back to that previous Mm -hmm. reading where a medium had once informed me that I was able to develop so I stopped and I gave it some consideration. And mediumship's a difficult thing to develop, I mean this in the nicest possible way, legitimately. It's Mm -hmm. it's kind of difficult to find, even within spiritualist churches, it's difficult to find a circle where you can develop and feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. Um, So the process started to develop along those lines. I eventually found a way into... uh, one of my local churches and got involved in the circle (laughs) and started to sit in circle and it it just slowly started to roll over and develop and all of this took place i'm talking about a series of events that probably took place between the ages of eight and 35 Uh. so the, the whole process was quite you know, continuous and slow. When I look back on it, Mm -hmm. I can see where the process started to develop itself. And Mm -hmm. essentially it came down to that empathy, discipline, compassion, then uh, education and training. And Uh then even now I'm starting to find that I'm starting to break out from the basic workings that were done and start to want to take things forward in my own direction now which doesn't mean that i think i'm better than everyone else it's nothing to do with that it's just there are ways and means of delivery talk method that work for me that i'm starting to change you know life is all about change we constantly evolve and adapt and grow and Mm -hmm. even now i'm still finding the training still happening but i now have Ah. experience to back up the things i've learned before And therefore, I can start to see. um, When I look back in that training, I can see it with fresh eyes and start to take things forward in a direction again. So that's where everything is, basically. But that's how the development took place. It's it's a long, drawn out process. And (laughs) I think it has to be, Anne, because it's it's not a job that anyone should rush into. Right. Um, I say, this isn't my job. I I have a day job. I I work. You know, this is something that I do. As a, because I, I enjoy it. To be honest, it, it's I enjoy helping people. Enjoy allowing people to come to terms with uh, dealing with the grief and the loss that they're suffering, and just trying to help in any way that you can. Right, uh, that's what the work's about for me. And,
2: and that's and, great. You do gallery readings. You said right.
1: Yes, yes, we do gallery readings. And In and, and gallery readings,
2: the spirit comes to you and shows themselves to you?
1: It, they, they can do. Sometimes they don't show themselves. Sometimes all you'll hear is a voice. Uh-huh. It, it can change every time, Ron. Is that I, I can't say, for example, that you know someone's grandfather or their mother is standing beside them. But sometimes you can. It changes every time for me, personally. Uh, so, it, it just depends. But Sorry. do
2: they show yourself as a, as a physical form at times?
1: Yes, uh, they they, they will either uh, when the image starts to play through your mind and they will start to show themselves to you, they will start to show aspects of themselves, it may be full aspects, they may show themselves completely within your mind Mm -hmm. Uh, or they may just show particular aspects of themselves uh, i.e. whatever it takes to get themselves identified so you know where your message is going
2: So if If you had, for instance, a relative and she was pretty much a heavy drinker, would she show herself as being drunk on wine, for instance? Uh,
1: It it may depend. Um, If that person was a heavy drinker, that aspect of their life could be something that was very painful to the recipient. Mm -hmm. So they may just say, I had an alcohol problem to Ah. me. Uh, As opposed to me saying, you know, I've got your grandmother here Oh, she's blind drunk, she's falling all over the place Does that make sense? (laughs) That might upset people Whereas if if I have your grandmother here She's telling me And what they would do with me is They would say, if this were a particularly painful memory uh, (laughs) They would just say, you know, I had an alcohol problem Therefore I would relay, I have your grandmother She's telling me there was a problem with alcohol But that's all she wants to say about it She knows it's difficult But Mm. if that were a funny memory, for example, uh, I remember my grandfather once on New Year's going to sit in a chair and he did so much whiskey, the chair was actually three feet to the side of where (laughs) it was. And he sat down and thumped onto the floor and everyone laughed and he was laughing. That's a funny memory. Mm -hmm. Mm. So it would be okay bringing that through. You know, but right. uh, I've had an uncle who had alcohol problems that affected a whole load of the family. He would not bring that through because that's a bad place for him to go. He does not want his family to relive that. He would, apo- he would quite possibly come forward and apologize for his behavior mm-hmm. because of and, and his actions, but he wouldn't want to dwell on that. He would want to move on from it as quickly right. as possible. I see that would right. how that would work.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I know I have a couple of uncles. Well, they're past now, they're at, and they used to always be at the weddings, they used to always go up on the stage and drink a lot and play back and forth, and one of them actually fell off the stage and went to a table, so he might show, he might show himself in that place so we would know him. it was him and not his brother, right?
1: Yes, yeah, that's it, exactly, and it's sometimes it's, it's the silliest and the craziest things that can happen. Um, I once brought it was very early when I started Working Platform. I once brought a message through. I, I, I had a surgeon appear in full surgeon robes, wearing a surgeon mask, riding a horse. Oh, And that's uh, it, it was completely different. And I thought, this is it, Stephen. You've, you've crossed over that fine line between mediumship and madness. And <laughs> I, put it, I put it out to the crowd, but it, it isolated the entire crowd. There were about 75 people in the church that evening. It isolated them down to one individual. And it wasn't a member of her family. It was a doctor who used to work closely with her family who taught her to ride a horse. (laughs) It was the family surgeon. And he was coming through and he was bringing healing because this lady's mother was in in a very bad way. She was very poorly. And he, he wanted to talk about her mother and how much they were trying to help alleviate the suffering she was undergoing at that present moment. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's funny. That's amazing. It was. It, it, it was the most, I, I said, I've, I've got to, because it's, it, the image I got started like a camera pan from the top to the bottom. And mm-hmm. it was like, I have a gentleman, he's, he's, he's shown me to be in his mid-50s. He's wearing a surgeon's outfit. He's got a mask on. He's wearing greens as well. So he, he probably worked as an orderly before he was a surgeon. And he's sitting on a horse. Wait a minute. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, and all of a sudden you, you feel yourself shrinking right down to, about a, a, like, Ant-Man, <laughs> vaguely hoping that someone's going to grab that. And then, yeah, lo and behold, it happens. Nine times that- out of ten it happens. You know, 99 times out of 100 it wow. happens.
3: We have a question from um, sure. from Karen, and she wants to know, is there a way to determine whether or not someone is true or when they're just trying to uh, take your money?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will know deep down in your gut if someone is trying to work genuinely on your behalf. Uh, mm-hmm. Over here, I'll, I'll just quickly jump onto something. Over here, uh, people that come to a medium are protected by the European Consumer Protection Regulations that were wow. founded in, in t- 2008. If you mm-hmm. go to a reading and nothing makes sense, you're under no obligation whatsoever to pay for it. You're, con- you're protected as a consumer. Huh. Okay. Now, uh, what I do is I give everybody a sheet of paper saying, read this before we have a sitting, and mm-hmm. you'll notice that if nothing's happening within five, ten minutes, you're free to walk away, leave, nothing happens, because you've not wasted my time, I've not wasted your time, nothing's happened. Mm-hmm. So uh, you tend to know because they will perhaps be asking a lot of questions, you, you, know, you, you know. And what we're, what I was advised as I was being educated and trained was don't ask questions, structure what you're saying so that you get a response that can only have a yes or no thing, mm-hmm. or a yes or no answer. Right. And it's rather than... Um, they will also be able to know because very often people will be will be quite vague. You know, right. the letters J and M tend to come up for names quite a lot. Mm-hmm. You have got James, John, Jack, Jeremy, right. Jeremiah, Joseph. You know, right. M. You've got you know Mary, Maureen, Margaret. You know things like this. And if if you get people saying things like I've got an S, does that make sense to you? Well, you know, there's a lot of things can happen there, so you tend to get a vagueness coming up. Um, and you will just know kind of in your gut that I don't think this is working for me right. here. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone should ever be afraid to say that. And very often um, people won't want to say for fear of, you know, causing insult or wh- whatever, but you've got to remember is that a lot of people who go for a reading go because they they need something from that reading. Uh, mm-hmm. So y- your your own gut is the best check okay. on that, and mm-hmm. if the reading's not working, I certainly wouldn't be afraid to say so hmm. you know, likewise, if, if you go to the dentist and he starts drilling into the wrong tooth <laughs> you're probably going to stop him very, very quickly uh, <laughs> why not do the same with anyone you go to a reading for, so yeah there, there will be a vagueness, there will be a lot of questions asked and uh, I also know one person who had to fill in a questionnaire uh, oh. for the yeah, true story. Uh, I was told this, uh, I was at a course once, and uh, I was actually shown a copy of it. They went to a local medium uh, down in England, and the the lady asked, sorry, the gentleman asked the lady if you wouldn't mind filling out a contact questionnaire for emergency purposes. Oh, my God. And it had her address, her, na- her full name, her address, her next of kin, her birthday, ah! everything on it. You know, but, but oh. for emergency purposes, I'll give you... <laughs> In fact, Ron, we'll test your psychic ability here. Can you psychically work out what he, what he started to talk about? You What's know? that? <laughs> he basically started to bring up the information that was on the questionnaire that he asked okay. him to fill out. Really? Yeah.
3: <laughs> that's, that's incredible. And that somebody would actually fall for that to fill it out. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. I, I, I sat in a... An audience once at a gallery and I watched a lady come in in crutches mm-hmm. and the medium go to him saying, actually saying to the lady. Uh, "No, she she came in in crutches. The reason we know is it, it took her about three minutes to get from the door to her seat and mm-hmm. everyone was waiting. She was the last person in. And they mm-hmm. said, I've got spirit here saying you have a problem with your legs.
3: <laughs> no kidding.
1: Now, everyone <laughs> knew she had a problem with her legs. Uh-huh. You, you know, not just... You, you know what he should have said is, and if that were a genuine connection, what he should have said is, is, "I noticed you have a problem with your legs. well spirit are telling me this about it?"
4: Uh-huh.
1: And then right. g- gave the information it was getting. It's caused because of pain here, here, and here, and because of problems here and here. If he didn't get that information, he shouldn't have gone there.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you, uh, to quickly answer the question, too late. I know. To keep to cut a long story short, too late. Um, <laughs> If you really go with your gut, you'll know within seconds, minutes of a reading starting if they start asking questions of you. It's different when someone says, for example, um, you know, I have a gentleman. Uh, he, he talks to me about um, you know always wearing those thin neckties. You know those ones with the little silver clasps. Can you understand that? Right. Rather than saying do you know a gentleman that wore neckties? Right. There's two very different things. You know? You know right. It's it's the same thing, but it's watching how you phrase it um, right. can change things. I mean, who who doesn't know a man that, that has a necktie? You know, most right. men have a necktie. Weddings and right. funerals, that's it covered. You know, okay. so it's uh, it's all about watching how they phrase things as well. You'll know deep down whether or not this is going to be a uh, someone you can trust and that's what it comes down to if you don't feel you can trust that individual then you're putting a lot of your you, you know you've come to them looking for assistance you need to be able to trust that they're going to treat that accordingly
2: mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. i actually have an interesting question is is i know that women are more uh, susceptible to the effects of wine because they have uh Less enzymes in their stomach lining that, that needed to uh, metabolize the uh, alcohol effect. So, if, if women are more susceptible to wine, uh, uh, are men and women different to read? In other words, are women more easy to read than, than men?
1: Uh, what I tend to find, Ron, That's, it's, I like your wine analogy there. I'm sensing a theme here. Um, yeah. Well, well, I think, like a good wine. Uh, most most people mature with age uh, I, I tend to find that men can be quite Particularly in a public setting In a private setting, there's no difference for me In a public setting uh, Most men when they're said, can I come to you sir They'll kind of lean back slightly and fold their arms over their chest uh-huh. And they get a little defensive about it Because most of them unless they're very interested, I tend to find most of the galleries I do, the men have been basically dragged along <laughs> by, the, <laughs> by the ladies and really they would rather be sitting watching football than standing <laughs> watching something. I also find that a lot of men tend to be a little more, I'll u- use the term loosely, a little more practical-minded, so it's a, it's, a, it's a bit more of a stretch for some for some men to take mm-hmm. that leap of faith and say... You know, I believe in this. Uh, I, this is something that I think is plausible.
2: Ooh.
1: You know, right. there's a thousand reasons we could come up with why mediumship and all this is pure hokum. And unfortunately, just like the last question, a lot of the people out there that uh, that do, you know, do the wrong thing by a lot of others. You, you know, there, there are a lot of frauds out there. Pin my colours to the mast and say that there are people out there who are fraudulent, and I've I've heard some terrible horror stories Mm -hmm. about what some people have been told, and that doesn't help because I think, well, I'm an engineer, you know, it doesn't take much for me to weigh up the uh, the kind of cause and effect, the risk versus remediation requirement for any type of you know, incident or uh, situation. So, as a man, I think, I would think that they tend to be a bit more, not grounded, that's the wrong word, they tend to be a bit more practical-minded and a bit more prone to the scepticism. One, Mm -hmm. because I think it's implied that, uh, I also know for some men, it can be a little bit of a slight on their trust in their manliness, if they believe in all this, because they know that a lot of men around them don't, so they they don't want to give that impression. However, I also think that men are more likely to act on what you tell them. Uh, And I hope I don't offend any ladies out there by saying that. A lot of times when people come for readings, and I've, I've been going to a lot of local churches now for several years, and I can tell you right now, there is one lady in a certain congregation I have delivered the same message in five different ways to her in the past two years and she's still <laughs> to do what's been asked of her You know, it's whereas I think men if they do believe in it are perhaps a bit more prone to actually acting on it mm-hmm. I've been given a warning or I've been given assistance let's do it uh, maybe I'm being a bit harsh with that, I don't know but uh, I usually find that the ladies are more willing to accept the information but I'm not sure if many of them act on it
2: Mm. Right. Well, that was the doorbell, which means pizza from the dead is here, so uh, we have to actually wrap it up but uh, I know that, for instance, uh, Plato used to say that the drinking age of wine should be at eighteen years old, and then <clears throat> till thirty uh as much as they wanted to in moderation i mean it, it, in thirties in the moderations, but after forty uh, men should be allowed to drink as much as they want to uh, you know, uh, cure the um, cure the crabbiness of old age. So uh, I'm, I'm. Oh, gonna you
3: better you, sign up, man.
2: I got to <laughs> ask you that, Stephen. Uh, are younger people more open than older people?
1: I find there's there has been a shift. Uh, if you'd asked me that maybe ten, fifteen years ago, I would have said perhaps. Uh, I think it's just the the exuberance of youth and that you tend not to think of the end of the line too quickly. Um, However, I think that nowadays I'm finding a lot of young people are expressing more interest in not just spiritualism and mediumship, but also a lot of different aspects of alternative therapy, alternative lifestyle, alternative thought process. Uh, There's a lot more coverage now than there used to be. So it's more accessible, and by being more accessible, it's I think that a lot of young people are now uh, more willing to look at the whole picture and take things on board.
2: Mm. Oh, okay. well, well, Stephen, we want to thank you so much for joining us tonight because uh, we had no guests. And, uh, Thank
1: you. <laughs> I've never felt so special, Ron. Thank you.
3: <laughs> Thanks and, for bailing us out, Stephen. <laughs> and,
2: and it was it was so nice to you help us celebrate National Wine Day as well. And yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we do appreciate that. Uh, and uh, enjoy the weather there in Scotland. And um, until next time, we meet. Uh, good night and God bless to you all. Yep.
0: To ghosties, long legged beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us,
4: good Lord. If you're ready.